I've got a new mic on. Okay, there it goes. <sighs> Merry Christmas. We have a saying at uh, our church. It has guided the work we've done for the last five years here in the city. We are for Jesus. We are for Flint. And we're for God's kingdom. Now, being for the kingdom means that our goal as a people in this city is not to build the fame of one church. The fame we're trying to build is for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. On this stage just now, Flint City's worship leader was here. Eastside's worship leader was here. We had Carriage Town's worship leaders. We have a Carriage Town campus. They were here leading. Riverside's worship leader is doing sound in the back right now. And no one needs to be the top dog because every one of us knows why we do this thing. We don't do this thing to be famous, to be great, to be exalted. We do this because we know it's going to take all the churches of our city to reach our city. It takes many people, many tribes, many churches. It takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. And that's why today is so beautiful. All these different works and ministries in one place together. We also say we're for Flint. Let me tell you what it means to be for Flint. Let me tell you what's happened in the city just this last week. Across the nation, teachers have been underneath it. It's been really hard to be a teacher. There have been, there's been talks of the PTA meetings going nuts and parents yelling at teachers and yelling at administration. It's been really tense. I mean, it's, it's tense for all of us, right? But if you have kids going to school, it's real tense. There's, there's a, a, a sub shortage. So right now, if a, a, if a teacher is sick or has a baby or anything, instead of a sub coming in, they just double up kids on one teacher. It's hard for teachers right now. So this last week, Eastside and Flint City got together and chose one school in our city, Brownell Elementary. And we blessed every single teacher in that school with a little gift card saying, listen, thank you for all you do. Because teachers, man, they spend out of their own pocket to serve the kids of our city, straight up. And so we, got, we started getting cards back this week of teachers saying, thank you so much for the gift we are so grateful for it. This week in the city, there were a few shootings. A Burton police officer was shot. Michigan State officer was shot. Or, sorry, Genesee County sheriff was shot. And we have in our church Burton PD, Genesee County sheriffs, state cops. And when the word came through, immediately we stopped and prayed, Lord, take care of the people we love. And thankfully, those cops that were shot all survived. I called one of our police officers and asked him, are you okay? Did it affect you? And he said, you know, I was okay, but he told me that this week he was the first guy on the scene after a shooting. Found a guy who had been shot multiple times, but a tourniquet on him saved his life. As a church, we have Christians 
in all kinds of communities, in all kinds of professions, out there being Jesus on the streets and in the schools and in police cars. That's what we mean when we say we're for Flint. We are trying to love our city on every single field. We need people of Jesus in every corner of our town, don't we? I'm grateful for the people that serve Jesus in their workplaces all over our city. And we're also for Jesus. Now, being for Jesus is a tough thing at Christmas. This holiday has his name. Christmas. Christ Mass. More Christ. I don't know. That's Spanish. But Christmas. I want you to imagine if you had a day of great fame. Imagine, if you will, you do something awesome. And someone films it. You're a superhero. You, man, maybe you save kids out of a burning vehicle. You do something that's on video, it goes viral on YouTube, and you're like the, you're the cream of the crop, you're the toast of the town. You're so beloved, they name a day after you. It's Dave Day, or Tony Day. Every, like every August 31st, whatever, is your day. And you're like, man, that's awesome. Every year they celebrate me because I'm so awesome. Now imagine as time goes on, traditions pile on your day. And over time, Tony Day is not about Tony anymore. And Dave is not about Dave anymore. Instead, it's about eating yogurt or like eating rotten bananas. I don't know. I'm just giving examples. And you're sitting there like, man, this is my day. It's been sabotaged. It's been hijacked. It's on something else now. It's what's happened to Christmas. I, 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 I love all the trappings of Christmas. I love, like, like, my wife grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So I'd go see her when I was, we were dating, I'd go see her at the Christmas tree farm, and she would literally have like horse-drawn carriages, horse-drawn sleighs would like slide you back, you'd cut a tree down. It was Christmas to the max. They had a big old like fireplace with stockings over it. It was... Like, it's like walking into Little House in the Prairie in modern days. You know what I'm saying? That's my wife's life, or Christmas life. I, I like the green things with the lights on them. I like Christmas trees. I like snow on Christmas instead of mud. <laughs> yeah, I'm dreaming about brown Christmas. There's a different kind of feel to it. I, I like presents. I like giving my kids little trinkets on the tree. You know what I'm saying? The, the stuff around Christmas is not bad, but for many of us, what happens is the tree and the lights and the presents and the ham have gotten so big, we've like forgotten the Jesus part of it. And a lot of us are here this night because we want to remember the Jesus part. I, I feel like I'm lost. I want to remember, why do I celebrate this thing called Christmas? What's the heart of it? What's the center of it? I want to get back to the center of this celebration. Now, Jesus, his name, as we get started, let me say this. How many of you in this room, by show of hands, were named after a relative? Let me see hands. Okay, some of us named their relatives. Okay, okay. Anyone, anyone a junior? Anyone named after their like, after like their, their you're a junior. I don't know you're a junior, yo. You're, Bill, you're, 
I don't know that. That's crazy. Okay, so I am kind of a third. I'm a two. I'm a three point one. I don't know what I am, but my son is a four point one, and his son will be five point one. Point one is a whole kind of thing. Okay, how many of you guys know what your name means? How many of you guys know the story of why your parents named you? Do you know why your parents named you what they named you? Okay, I'm going to ask a question. Lorelai, why did your parents name you Lorelai? Okay, I want to ask you. I'm sorry, Lorelai. James, why did you name her Lorelai? Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> okay, well, at least you know where your name comes from. That's great. That's great. Now... Jesus' name has a meaning. Like, Jesus' name in English is Jesus. In Spanish, it's Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Also, Joshua. And Jesus' name means our God saves. His name literally means the God who saves. Does anyone know what Christ or Jesus' last name is? Oops. Does anyone know what Jesus' last name is? It's a trick question. He don't have a last name. In that world, in that time, people didn't have last names. You were either like Joseph, son of Judah, or you were known by your village. Like, hey, which, you know, do you know Nesto? You Nesto from Nazareth or Nesto from Galilee? Oh, I know that guy. Like, you either your town or your pops. That was your last name, straight up. Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. That was his name. Christ is not a name. He didn't come from the Christ family. It's not like Papa Christ and Mama Christ and Little Brother Christ. It's not a name. It's not a family name. It's a title. Jesus called the Christ. Christ Jesus. His name, Christ, or this title means Messiah, anointed one. So Jesus, the God who saves. Christ, Messiah, anointed one. But he also has a name given at Christmas. That's, that's the point of our message this morning, this evening. It's going to happen, John. It's going to happen. There's a name given to Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to live in this one name. Because names mean something. They mean, I'm named after my father. I'm named after the Gilmore girls. I'm named after something important, you know, in this world. In Matthew 1, 23, the angel tells Joseph, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's the point of Christmas. Christmas is all about God with us. And this name, God with us, if we think about it, it teaches us many things. I'm going to choose three truths about this name that we learned, we hold on to this year, that can help us remember what Christmas is all about. First, God with us means that God cares. God with us means that God cares. Let's say someone calls you, says, hey, bro, dude, hey, sis, I'm moving next Saturday. Can you come over at 9 a.m.? And help me move till it's over. And you're like, sure. You work, a, you work a hard week. You're tired. You go to bed Friday going, oh man, Saturday. And the alarm goes off at 8.30 and you're tired. You're one sleeping day of the week. Because you all are good and go to church every Sunday. Um, <laughs> so you're one sleeping day of the week and you're like, man, I don't want to get up. Let's say you get up and you go. 
Get there at 9 a.m. There's some cold McDonald's waiting for you. And from 9 to 8 p.m., you're loading U-Hauls and driving across town and unloading U-Hauls. And you get there, and there's no boxes packed yet, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And you're there all day helping out your friend, your relative. The question is this. Why would anyone give a Saturday to help a brother move? Very simple. Because you love them. That's the only reason you're going. Because you know, no, we, all, we all hate moving. The only reason you help someone move is if you love them, you care for them. So you go and be with them during this moment. When God chose to come to earth, it's because he cares for us. God with us means God cares for us. I used to have a friend of mine in college. He was, we were 19 years old, and my buddy was a struggling alcoholic. He was a struggling alcoholic. And he'd call me some nights around 10 o'clock at night, go, hey, Ernesto, I'm struggling and I want a drink. And I'd go to his dorm room and I'd hang out with him until 2 a.m. when the bars closed. Now, I had class 8 in the morning. I didn't want to sit until 2 o'clock. I didn't want to go hang out with that dude for four more hours in the middle of the night. Do you know why I went over there and sat in that room and played Risk until 2 a.m. every second night? I'll tell you why. Because I loved him. I cared for him, so I was going to sit with him and walk with him and hurt with him. God with us means that God cares. God loves. God is willing to walk with us, journey with us. God is willing to get in the mud with us. God with us means that God cares. God with us also means that God understands. God with us also means that God understands. I'm going to read a passage here from Hebrews 4.15. Listen to what this says. It says this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. What does this mean? It means Christ, when he came down to this place, he went through what we go through. Christ has been where we are. He's been where we're going. He understands what it feels like. And being understood, it matters, man. It matters deep down to all of us. I remember when I was 20 years old, I failed out of college. I was the first kid in my whole family to graduate high school and go to college, and I failed out. I was ashamed. So I ran to Texas, and my beloved grandmother let me stay there and heal at her home. And I remember I felt, like I, I felt like I destroyed my whole life. I felt like my life had been derailed, and I didn't know what to do. I remember I finally came back to Michigan to face my mama, to face my church. And one of my pastors came over, sat down with me, and I was just looking down at the table like, man, I messed up, I failed out of college, I messed my life up, I'm a failure. Said, Let me tell you a story, Ernesto. And this guy talking to me, this guy was everything I wanted to be. He was a good husband, a good father. He was a man of God, trusted, respected in his church. I wanted to be this man in every way. Surely this kind of man wouldn't do things that I was doing. 
He told me when he was a kid, when I was a sophomore in college, I failed out of school. I'm like, what? He goes, I failed out of college. He goes, and then I didn't tell my new wife I had failed out. Instead, I get up every day, go to class. I go to the library, sit there all day. She used to be goes in class, and I would just lie to her every day about being in school. He lied to his wife every single day. He'd buy books for the classes he was not going to. And for months and months, he held up the deception. And I'm like, what happened? He goes, she found out. And we almost got divorced. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You failed out of school. You blew up your stinking life. You blew up your marriage. How are you a normal person now? And that moment, I realized this guy knows what I'm going through. He's been where I stand. He's hurt like I hurt. And because he understands, I knew there was hope. Listen, Christ is much more than that. Christ, let me tell you what Christ has been through. Christ has been failed by his friends. Jesus has been abandoned. Jesus has been treated unjustly. I wrote a whole list here for myself so I wouldn't forget. Jesus has been hungry. And Jesus has been thirsty. Jesus has been afraid. Jesus has been rejected. He's been mocked. He's been misunderstood. He's been a foreigner. He's been shunned by his own family. When you're going through a hard thing, you're like, no one knows what I'm going through. No one understands what it's like to be where I am. Jesus Christ came down here. He's God with us. He understands. He's gone through it. And because he's gone through it, he can sympathize and empathize. And when I need to know, what do I do, Lord? I've been betrayed. Out to Christ say, Christ, what did you do when you were betrayed? Christ came down. Christ with us means he understands. And lastly, God with us means God is near. God with us means that God is near. You ever watch YouTube? You ever watch YouTube for the sole purpose of having a good cry? You ever do that? I'll sometimes turn on like um, military parents coming home, like the hour and a half long one. And just watch sad after sad after, like, like b- b- beautiful sad. You know, like the kid at the basketball game doesn't know his military father is the tiger on the sneaking court. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like his dad, he cries, runs with and I'll watch those, and I'll just have a good cry sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I sometimes cry, watch YouTube, just to, to cleanse the soul. <laughs> I was watching this one... Um, you, you, some of the things are literally called, it's going to make you cry. I'm like, let's do this. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready. Got my ice cream, my Kleenex, let's go. I watched this one about a little girl down in Phoenix. A little five-year-old girl had leukemia. And I, so I started, I'm like, oh man, here we go. And she started her treatments and her hair started falling out in clumps. A little five-year-old girl had this beautiful thick head of hair. And she was afraid of how she, you know, I'm going to look different than the other kids. I'm going I'm to look different. I'm going to look funny. I feel like really insecure about it. 
And in the video, she asks her mom and dad. She tells them, you know, mom, dad, I'm scared. I'm going to look ugly. You know, I'm scared. She's like, it's going to be okay. And then she like, and she's like, she's five years old, so she's so she's so young. She doesn't know. You're not supposed to ask for big things. She's like, Mom, Dad, will you cut your hair with me so I'm not alone? And so the camera cuts and it goes to the barber and they're all there. And you watch the barber shave all three of their heads together. Mom, Dad, Daughter. Just Niagara Falls. Just watch it cry. But she asked her mom and dad to journey with her in her suffering. I don't want to go through this alone. And you two are the closest people I have. Will you feel this with me? Will you hurt with me? Will you look different with me, please? And mommy and daddy did. And every day she woke up, she looked at her mom and dad and see their bald heads and know we're the same. That's okay. They're the closest people in the world to her and she wanted them to go through this with her. Here's the thing. This life is hard. It's good, but it's hard. Like in this room, there are stories. There are widowers in this room and widows. There are stories of Barrenness in this room, the longing for children and the inability to have. There are surgeries in this room. There are health conditions that cannot be controlled in this room. Life challenges in the house, who we love very much. If you know what life challenges, life challenges a residential. Addiction center for men. Which means if someone gets to a place where they are addicted to a substance, drugs, alcohol, they finally, if they finally get to a place where they're like, I'm, I'm, I can't live in slaves anymore, they can go to Life Challenge and find a new way. There are people in our, in our church bound by addiction. Proud of you guys, what you're doing. This life is hard. And, and we all want someone to go through it with us. I remember one day, uh, my wife almost died in India. And uh, there was a, it was a lot of medical things that we had to go through, a lot of testing. I remember when they took her away, she gave me the, like, I might not come back speech, which no husband ever wants to hear the whole, if I die, you remarry, you love again, and then they took her away. And I sat there in this Indian hospital waiting to see what would happen next. And they, it worked out. And she was okay, and we flew back to America. I remember I came to a church, a Sunday, a Sunday night service, and they had a stage very similar to this with like the stairs and the altar. And at the end of the service, it says, if you want to come pray, you can come pray. And I remember I came down to the altar. I came down here. And I finally let it out. And I just started crying. Because there was so much like fear and hurt. I just, I mean, I, 
I haven't cried like that probably since that day. That was like 10 years ago. I just, like a little kid, sobbed at the altar. I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. And then I felt people come under my arms and lift me up. It was my brother's. And they took me backstage and helped me come back to myself. And that moment of great vulnerability and that moment of great pain, it was so good to have someone to walk with me. Someone who loved me, someone who was close, I could just put my arms around. It was okay to be weak. Jesus Christ became flesh. Jesus Christ left heaven to come down here. He was a king and he became a peasant. He was rich, he became poor. He was glorified and he got mocked down here. And he came down here so he could be God with us and God with you. He came down here because he loves you. He came down here because he, he wanted to understand what we're going through. He wanted to be a sympathetic high priest. And he came down here to be near us. We take hits. It's been a tough two years, yo. It's been a real hard two years. And a lot of us are feeling stressed and anxious. And part of the good news of Christ is we don't have to go through this alone. God will walk with us in our suffering, in our sadness, in our fear, in our anxiety. Now you might be sitting here going, man, you're like, Pastor, that sounds nice. I've never felt these things. I've never felt God's love. I've never felt God's understanding. I've never felt God near to me. Maybe you say, I've felt it before, but I haven't felt it in quite a while. What do I do? I haven't felt it, or I'm not feeling it, or you know what? I just need it extra special during the holidays. Because for some of us, the Christmas season is not, it's hard for some of us. What I'll say to you is very simple. How do you feel? How do you experience God with us? Emmanuel. How do you experience Christmas beyond the tree, beyond the presence, beyond the snow? Draw near to Him. It's that simple. Draw near to Him. Every morning, my dog wakes up, wakes me up with a whimper. My dog's spoiled, by the way. I thought my kids were spoiled. My, my dog was real spoiled. <laughs> if, the other day at 5 a.m., my dog's like, Roof, roof, Daddy, where you at? And I'm like, oh, so I get up. I don't want to wake up everybody, so I get up. I go downstairs, and it's 5 a.m. We go on a you know, mile walk. <sighs> get back, and I'm like, it's only 5.45. I turn a movie on at 5.45, and I'm watching this movie, and there's this heartbreaking scene in the movie. There's a husband and wife living together, and they're just not talking anymore. They're just kind of floating through life, disconnected. And there's this moment where he looks at her and says, 
I miss you. We haven't hugged. We haven't kissed. We haven't held hands. Like we're in the same house, but we're not together. And in that moment, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's still dark out. I'm watching this scene, and I'm just like, oh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful scene. And he, he takes a step towards his wife. And all, all that distance, all that chasm, all that, those, those months and months of not talking, that simple act, that simple putting a hand out saying, I miss you, began to bridge them back together. If you miss the Lord, if you don't know the Lord, take the step. Take any step. Take time to pray. Take time to open your Bible. Just take a step. Stop feeling bad day after day after day going, man, I've heard of his goodness. I've heard he's good. I've heard he's loving. I heard he understands. I heard he's, I've heard he's near the brokenhearted. Instead of just always longing and never having, stop and draw near. His word says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Just stop. Draw near to him tomorrow at Christmas Day. Draw near to him next week as the week goes on. Draw near to him in the morning. Draw near to him in the night. If you want to know him, take the step. I miss you. I need you. I want to know you. That first step could very well change your life. Christmas is about God with us. Jesus Christ came down that we may not be alone in this world. I'm going to ask Ricky to come forward. I want to end our time with a song. A song about Christ coming down. Something about Christ becoming flesh, becoming one of us. There's this great verse. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the message, it says this, And God put on skin and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. God put on skin and moved into the neighborhood. That's Christmas. God felt far away. Where's God at? I don't know. I think he's in Arizona or something. And all of a sudden, God moves next door. He moves, and you're like, he's right over there. That's Christmas. God moves into your neighborhood. You can know him. He's that close. All you got to do is walk outside and say, hey, open the curtains. Just take any step towards the Lord. Start there. How How do you feel? How do you experience the God of heaven? Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Let us stand and let us sing together.
heads together. Lord Jesus, as we leave this place, we go back into our lives, to our homes. We pray for those here who have financial stress upon them. We pray for those here whose body is broken and hurt. We pray for those here who are lonely, who long for connection. We pray for those in this room who are mourning, who in the last season, have, in the last year, they've lost something. It's their first Christmas without a father or mother or spouse. pray for the kids in the room <laughs> that they, they would have just innocent joy tomorrow and be spared the hardness of this world Jesus Mary, happy birthday Lord in Christ's name we ask all these things Amen God bless you church have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas Merry Christmas everybody